Okay, and we are live. Welcome to the fifth episode of our series, um, Authentic Conversations in English. So today we're joined with a special guest. It's an actress all the way from the United Kingdom, uh, being Charlotte Kirk. So Charlotte, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm yeah, Charlotte Kirk. I actually did, lived in the States for 10 years. Uh, I recently moved back to the UK two years ago. Um, obviously, I, I moved for my career as an actress producer and recently moved back to the UK. And um, But the US is, all, is my second home. I, I love the US. And in fact, I'll be going there in a couple of weeks. So I have, it's like my, I don't say I've officially moved back because it's, it's, it's difficult for me to say that. I'm like, no, I, I'm, I had two homes. I have the US and I have England. So I see. And then in the US, do you typically hang out in uh, California? Or which state do you usually um, well, spend your time? When I moved to the States, I moved to L.A. Um, but actually, initially, I moved to New York just for six months. And then I realized that actually the film business is more, more to, you know, everything's really in L.A. So moved to L.A. And um, yeah, so when I go there, usually L.A., but I'm also going to be going to Florida as well. Or like, I love Florida, so... Yeah, I ha like half my family's in Florida, so it's super nice, uh, especially Miami. I think it's super nice. So it's... Um, Love it. For sure. And then out of the places you've been, which place do you, would you say you prefer as of now? Florida, Miami. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. Oh, it's just a little bit closer. Instead of that, what is it? Plane <clears throat> journey, it's... Seven, eight, not as bad, but it's just, I just, I just love the East Coast, to be honest. I love New York as well. For sure. And then, um, do you also speak any other languages or is it just um, English for you? I, unfortunately, I, I just know English, um, but I, I want to start learning Spanish, actually. Mm, okay. My goal, one of my goals for this year is Spanish. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, especially in Miami too. Like half the population uh, speaks Spanish, so there you go. <laughs> well, isn't it like the second most spoken language in the world, Spanish? Um, yeah, it's up there. I think it's like top three. I think Mandarin Chinese might be above it, but I think it's like number three. Yeah. Yeah, and as you say, just being in Miami, and you know, even in Europe, you know, hmm. yeah. all these places. Just, yeah. So that's this year. Yeah, totally useful. And nothing wrong with English. It's definitely the most powerful and most important and influential language in the world. So there we go. And so for the guests who are new here, we haven't done this concept in a little over a few months. So basically, we're going to be simulating a realistic conversation in English between two native English speakers. So when you jump in and ask questions, if you have any questions or comments, they can be general questions. They don't necessarily have to pertain to um, tips to learn English for this particular stream. So keep that in mind. But if you're joining in from the chat for YouTube or Facebook, uh, feel free to leave any comments, ask any question, and occasionally we'll stop and we will address what you guys have to say. Oriello watching from the Philippines. Okay, shout out to the Philippines. Shout <laughs> out to you guys. Okay, so the first question I have for you is, what led you to wanting to be an actress, Charlotte? Um, is this something that you knew you wanted to do for a long time? Or is this something that you just tripped 
and fell into um, accidentally? So I never had a defining moment of, oh, I saw something, I watched a show and I was blown away and I wanted to become an actress. No, I think it was like a gradual thing. It's always kind of been in my blood to perform. And I love to, as a child, um, I, I always used to love to create characters and play make-believe and and it was just a gradual thing. And then in, in, um, in my school and then uh, primary school, secondary school, um, I, I just loved theatre, drama classes. And I just knew, I just, it was a gradual thing. And I was like, no, I'm just, this is just what I love to do the most. This is what I enjoy above anything else. Like I need to pursue this. And um, after I finished secondary school, I went to university, I went to drama school. And that's when I knew this is what I need to do. So I just, just pursued it. And then when I was 19, that's when I went to the US. I went very young. Um, someone said to me once, if you want to go to the, go, if you want to pursue being an actress, go to the States. So I was like, okay, absolutely. Why not? So I just picked, packed my bags and left to LA. Okay, sick. So <laughs> what would you say is, how old are you now? Are you in your twenties right now? I'm 31. 31. Okay. Um, you look like you're in your twenties, <laughs> but, uh, it's going to say, uh, what would you say is or was your most memorable moment over the span of your um, acting career? Mm. What would you say was the most memorable or some of the most memorable moments? Yeah, I'd say some. I mean, this is very difficult to, to choose. I mean, it's always the first time being on set. Um, but I wouldn't say that would be the most rememberable. I would say it would be preparing for a role. So um, my last movie, um, The Lair, I play a, fight, a British fighter pilot. Um, so I had to learn how to become a soldier. Um, and I had to learn how to fire AK-47s, <laughs> um, know how to kick ass, lots of fight sequences. So the training for that was pretty hardcore. So that was very rem memorable. And then being on set, actually, being on set and and just like, okay, I've got this gun in my hand and, you know, I've got, I've got to be so focused here. I can't fuck up here. I've got to be so switched on. And that was that was really memorable. Um, my other movie, the, Le the Reckoning, where I had to... Uh, learn how to horse ride. Uh, first day of filming, got on this beautiful horse. First take, first day, on action, my horse runs away. Literally runaway horse, which was pretty terrifying. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make this shoot alive. <laughs> um, but it, it was okay. It went very well. And um, But it's like, you know, acting is kind of yourself. Like, you, you have control over it. But when it involves other outside sort of things like horses or other actors of course always other actors but you know things that are difficult usually working with animals and working with children is usually the hardest because you can't quite they can't quite predict what they're going to do <laughs> yeah i could i could only imagine that's it's actually pretty impressive when you see movies and then you see like animals that are well-trained or dogs that are well-trained to play the specific role or kids or babies especially it's like how the hell do you coordinate that and make that work that's uh how many takes does that take like <laughs> yes 
takes lots of time in and I and I guess like milestones um I think when I won one of my first acting award that was really rememberable for me um because that was kind of like one of my dreams was that I'd love to be an award-winning actress that'd be awesome and um and then you know getting that confirmation of that that was really really cool yeah so then I'd imagine you probably picked up so many new perspectives basically because I would imagine you like you just said you would have to actually study the real role of the fake role that you're trying to act okay but but also roles you know, always evolving like um okay so first I was like oh, I'd love to just be an, an award-wing actress how amazing would that be and then I achieved that and then I'm like okay then I'd love to just set it the the the, the goal the it always just keeps evolving. It never stops. You know, I'm always on, it's like being on a treadmill. You're always just on to the next project, onto the next project, onto the next thing. It's quite difficult. You know, sometimes I have to sit back and just go, well, okay, I've, I've been blessed and I've worked hard and I should, you know, pat myself on the back and uh, yeah, I've, I've done okay. And then keep going again. <laughs> it's, it, it's so hard to do that. And, and honestly, that's, part of the reason why successful people are successful in the first place. <laughs> it's because yeah. they go through a pretty long span of time where they're never really satisfied and they're always trying to better themselves year after year. It's extremely difficult to be content to, especially if you've been grinding for like five years, 10 yeah. years. It's like, well, it's now really I'm just gonna come to a 180 and stop. It's like, no. And then like my, my mom and my friends and family was like, oh, you're, you know, you should be so proud. You've achieved so much. I'm like, I don't, yeah, I guess, but I want the next thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely understand. <clears throat> and then um, that kind of ties into my next question, which is how do you prepare for roles that are extremely dramatic, that have intense emotions? Like for someone who knows nothing about being an actor or an actress, how does one even prepare for a drama or something like that? Well, it all boils down to the script. So first and foremost, I get the script, I break it down, I break my character down. I, I, I have to try and understand who she is, create a backstory for her. Um, um, and then of course you learn your lines. But that's, that's just, that's, once you've learned your lines, then the real work starts. Because once you've learned your lines, which is challenging in itself, especially if you're carrying a whole movie, um, then after, once you've learned your lines, you need to break every scene down emotionally, where you're at emotionally, how you're going to get there emotionally and connect to that. Because that's the biggest thing is connecting with that and bringing truth to that. Because if you can't bring truth to the scene or if you can't connect to it, like, you know, how do I relate to someone that's, had an experience that I've never experienced, that's tough. So you have to find a correlation that you've you've had an emotional connection that you've had with this character and 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 have that and bring the most truthful emotion you can possible. So that's 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 the key thing. And then everything else will come. Everything else is instincts. It will come. Do you think that acting is a skill that's pretty natural for certain people? Because I'm just thinking like there's absolutely no way like I could pretend to be scared for a scene if you're like if it's a scene where there's a lot of suspense 
driven yep. up or something like that to just really act it out and pretend or kind of fake like you're feeling an emotion that you don't really feel do you think acting is a skill that's natural do you think it's truly something that anybody could practice enough to get good at it well marlon brando who i absolutely love would say everyone's an actor right he said that before they were all acting they were all put on this persona to just get through life and put on this mask and we're, and we're acting which is true to a certain degree but then it does take skill it does take discipline and it does take talent to 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 become a trained actor to hit the mark to learn your lines to connect connect to the character to the most truthful connection you know truthful emotion possible so you know there's some actors working today who are okay they're not great i wouldn't say they're super talented and there's some who are phenomenal so there's different levels of it so i think yeah, you do need to have that you do it doesn't matter how hard you, you you do you do need to train but you do you do also need to be good you need to have it you either have it or you don't they say right <laughs> got you so that when you are working on a project what is the workload like so let's say you're starting a new project. They want to cast you as a lead for that mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. um, are they like 16 hour work days for like months on end? Like what, what is the schedule look like? What does that look like? Typically? I last, my last four movies, I've been the lead and it's been, so, and it is it, pretty much the same. You're working six weeks, usually six to eight weeks, uh, five days, five days working or six day weeks so you have one day off or you have two days off and it's usually 12 to 14 hour days sometimes i've even done longer which is but you're on there but it's okay because you're on you, i think you're living a lot on a adrenaline and you're doing what you love and you're feeding your soul and you know i've just you just keep at it you just keep day by day you just you're in this little movie bubble i call it like the outside world doesn't exist anymore <laughs> it's really really strange you create this little family of all your fellow actors and um the director and the the crew and then after that six to eight weeks is up it's that's it and then you're like okay well okay back to the real world again it's really it's really surreal to be honest it's i see and then i could only imagine that things probably don't always go perfect, right? You probably ran into a situation where you had to do more takes than anticipated. Maybe you guys didn't hit a deadline. Maybe there's more pressure to perform and there's certain time limits. Does that, is that pretty, does that happen pretty frequently in your experience or? I would say the less, the least stressful thing is to act. For me, it's, it's to act. All the, uh, all the external things that are going around, that's the most stressful. The, you know, something happens, the cameras, the camera doesn't work. That's happened. That's been a complete nightmare. Um, uh, one of the monster suits has broke and you have to, it's all the technical stuff that's, that, that's terrifying. Um, of course, you have to make sure you're on it as an actor and be consistent and you're, and, and you know, with your fellow actors as well. But, um, it can be very stressful, but that's why you just have to like stay in the zone. And if, if it happens, I've learned to just take myself off set. I think this is, this is not my problem. I, I just need to focus. And when they are ready for me, hit it and do just be the best I can. But yeah, there's lots of, uh, lots of stressful elements of filmmaking. That's for sure. And now I want to pull up a clip I saw on your Facebook page, actually. <laughs> it was uh it was a scene 
Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Oh dear is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me see here. Let me make this a little bigger. Okay. I just want you to describe this after we play it. So here we go. special to share okay so my question for you is how does one prepare for a scene like that like <laughs> what is the what's the thought process like how do you even that go was, into something like that and well that execute whole, that? that whole film was the most emotionally challenging role for me um as of today uh, it was my first proper lead lead role uh, and it was very, very dramatic. Every scene had to be an emotional. I mean, if you, the storyline is, you know, a young woman being falsely accused accused of being a witch. She has her daughter taken away from her. She, she's. It's, it's just a really dark, you know, sad story. So, and that, that was the role that I mentioned about the horse. Um, I had to learn the horse ride. I had to learn to sword fight. And in that scene in particular. Um, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? I've never done this kind of action before. It's my first proper action role as well. And um, we didn't have much time to rehearse it. So that kind of scene, you would have rehearsed a lot. Uh, we didn't have much time to rehearse. So, um, but the thing is with that, with this kind of scene, it's like a dance. You, It's all kind of very... Okay, left, right, sword. It's all very mechanical, to be honest. It's it's the opposite to acting, right? Acting is emotion and 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 going with your instincts. And but this is very coordinated, and you have to hit the mark. So that scene in particular was 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 tough. But you know, we did it a few times. We we ran for it. And um, what's interesting in what in that scene that. Um, you know, for example, I did quite a lot of my stunts there, but me rolled the, the, which was the scene? Oh, where she bangs my head on the table. That was my stunt double, for example. So stuff like that. But I try and do as much of my own stunts as possible. But of course, the stunt, the stunt team are amazing and they save the day in sequences like that because they help structure the scene, they help structure the fight sequence, something you can't do. Uh, at the end of that, um, the other character, Ursula, she jumps out the window. Well, that's her double. Actually, she jumps out the window on fire. <laughs> and it's incredible. Uh, I just, yeah, I couldn't do what they do. They're absolutely amazing. Stunties, really. 
That's crazy. So you would say it's comparable, I guess, to um, choreography, I suppose, for a scene Absolutely. like that, right? Um, no, I haven't done any fight sequence that isn't choreographed. No, I think it's too da it's dangerous, to be honest. You, you have to choreograph it like a dance and know exactly what you're doing, especially when there's weapons involved and guns, and even if it's fake guns, even blanks, you know. We all know from what's happened that even blanks are very, very you know, risky. So, yeah, you have to be so careful. Yeah, I could only imagine. So, uh, but yeah, no, that's interesting because as people like me, I guess you could call us like civilians. We only see the end product. We don't really see um, anything that goes behind the scenes. So it's always um, good to get that perspective for sure. And then you mentioned earlier when you just show up and act kind of, you said you're kind of like in a bubble. Um, you kind of just don't see the outside world. Everything's moving quickly. You're just pretty locked in on doing your job. So once a project is finished and you go about whatever else you choose to do with your life, um, how do you handle criticism or how do you handle, um, because all I assume that you get a lot of media attention after a project and there's probably lots of critics this movie was good this movie was bad etc um do you typically ignore all this or screen all this out or do you actually try to take criticism and try to make it constructive do you try to get involved with um reviews i guess on your performance or do you just focus on the performance and then separate your personal life from it totally well, the about acting is it's all it's all personal. It's all objective, right? It's it's like a piece of art. Some per, one person would love what you do, and another person would hate it. It's all very objective. Um, I never read reviews, to be honest. Um, you know, for example, that film, The Reckoning, uh, it, it it did it did okay. It got mixed reviews. Uh, some I won multiple awards for it, but then some critics didn't like it. So it's like, well, who do you listen to, right? Some people say the film overall isn't good or whatever, and then but then some people love it. It's so objective. So I really try and block out. It's very easy for someone to criticise when they don't understand or, or, or can do what you do. Right? A lot of these critics have never made a film in their life. Um, so I, I like constructive criticism if it's constructive. But usually... Uh, bad reviews or whatever aren't constructive. It's it's bad. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. Okay. Well, there's nothing I can really take away from that. Even good reviews is, are the same. Good reviews is great. It's great, which is lovely to hear. But I try not to focus too much on that because I think that can be really dangerous, to be honest. And then be a bit oh, actually. Yeah, because there are so many different. Um trains of thought about that particular subject there's lots of different philosophies about that subject there's some people who want to hear the criticism because it'll motivate them to do better or whatnot and then there's some people who like to totally block it out because they just want to stay focused on their personal objective um so yeah i wanted to see where you stood on that spectrum i guess because um like so many different ways people handle criticism so I like constructive criticism, if it's constructive and it's from people that I trust. Other filmmakers, my friends, my family, people that I know have no agenda. You know, lots of critics have agendas, 
um, or, you know, they just don't like it because they watched it and they were having a bad day or whatever. Um, as long as it's constructive and it's from someone I trust, then I listen. I love to get people's opinion on my films. Tell me how what you what you think. And myself, you know, I think I'm my biggest. <laughs> that's the problem. I am my biggest critic, right? So I'm. I don't need too many others. I already have myself uh, criticizing. It, it, it just, but always for perfection, right? And that's never gonna exist because that doesn't quite exist. But that's great because if you think you've reached perfection or you think you've done best you can be then then where do you go from there so I like the fact that I'm never going to be oh I never think I'm going to be perfect or great because there'll be no room for more yeah exactly you're always uh growing or you're always um declining I guess so and then also um I would say yeah I used to play basketball too and that is a really good point that you had uh taking criticism from people that you trust like yeah. if I was playing basketball and then a hockey player told me how to run a certain play, I wouldn't take their advice very seriously or I wouldn't take their criticism very seriously because it's like you don't really know what you're talking about. But then if Michael Jordan or someone like that exactly. is giving me advice on basketball, I'd maybe just um, take their advice and their criticism a lot more seriously. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of film critics have mm -hmm. never in their life or their 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 filmmaker their failed filmmakers and they kind of got a chip on their shoulder i i that, that's actually what my dad told me once i was like oh dad i got this bad review and i feel whatever he said who are these people who are they are they steven spielberg are they uh who are they i was like well it's a critic okay what what film has he made before i'm like that's a good way of looking at it it's true <laughs> and now i'm like i'm only going to take criticism from people i trust and who are fellow filmmakers and have actually been in my shoes and made a film and someone that I trust and value. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. It's super questionable and yeah, taking criticism from people who are credible. That's, it's very logical. Right. Creative, like basketball, I guess is slightly different for you because it's more skill set for acting. I guess, yes, it's skill set, but it's objective. It's like a piece of art. You might think this is the, best thing ever and then i might look at this piece of art and say i don't like it you know or you mean it's it's subjective yeah it's uh right it's it's someone's opinion that's that's totally valid so then um i don't know oh it makes sense and then i was gonna say when you're collaborating with other people on set how much chemistry needs to be there with you guys? Like I'd imagine you'd need some sort of chemistry in order to execute a scene um, successfully. Has that ever been an issue? Do you ever see that as an issue? Um, two actors or actresses who just really can't get on the same page. One person feels this way about acting something out. One person feels another way. Um, or do you guys have a, a good coach who can kind of um, make it come together? Or director, I guess. Yeah, no, I've never been in a situation where um, an actor or we, we both disagree. If that were to happen, I would probably say to the actor and suggest to the director, let's try my way, let's try your way and see what the director thinks. But so far, um, and there's been tension on set before where maybe we've disagreed outside or something and then you've got you've to do this scene and it can be a little bit, awkward but as soon as the cameras go on and they say uh, the director says action you have to 
leave all that behind. So, and then when that happens, I just see their character. I don't see the actor anymore, especially if they're good. Um, and I've been lucky enough to work with good, really good fellow actors. So, um, so far, I haven't had that problem. No. Bless okay. it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I would just imagine, yeah, like if you're shooting a scene that involves maybe like 10 people more or less, then it's like, um, I would imagine you guys all better be on the same page. You better uh, come together. Yeah. With action stuff, um, I've worked with actors who are a lot more trained and have done a lot more action than me. Uh, my last previous, last couple of previous films, actually. And um They've been very, very, very good. And I've just kind of took their lead. Like, okay, is this okay? Is this how I hold the gun? Would you suggest this? And they're just, you know, you have to be humble. You know, I think on set, it doesn't matter how trained you are, how much you've done. You just got to be humble to your fellow actors and the director and, you know, let them take the lead. And again, like, I think you said, if I have, I have, a I haven't really had much disagreement with another actor, but I have with a director before where he would want something and then I would say, mm, but I don't quite see it that way. Then I would suggest, because obviously he's the boss, it's up to him, I would suggest, is it possible we could try both if we have time? Of course, we'll do your way first. And that that that's always been a... But again, it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration. You've always just got to collaborate and work together. And um, so, yeah, that that's happened before. But it, it was fine. If you have someone that... if you If you feel like you're a collaborative team and you're working together, then it usually goes okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then um, when it comes to acting, what would you personally define as success? What does it mean to be a good actor versus an actor who's not good? What does it mean to be an above, act, above average actor as opposed to an average actor? Well, that's very, very difficult. Mm. Phenomenal actors from my previous like my drama class who are phenomenal but they haven't had a break they haven't had you know been in a, in, in a film or anything like that and they're just outstanding and it's really sad um but is that success no is it talent yes but then i've worked with people who aren't that great and they're successful um so i think success and talent are very two different things lots of talented people do not succeed a lot of successful people who aren't very talented succeed. So it's, 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 um, they're two different things. <sighs> Success is very difficult to define. Really difficult because is it just to do one movie, to become a name, to become a bankable name, to become award winning, to, to, to win an Oscar? To, to, what is the defined success? It's, it's, it's very, very difficult to be honest. Some people would say, I'm successful. But I'm, I'm like, well, no, I want to get here, I want to get there, keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing. And then, you know, people who are way more successful than me would say they're not successful. So it's, it's again, it's very subjective. Yeah, it's that, that'll definitely mean different things to different people. I totally understand that. So how about we go with you personally? What do you personally, how do you see it yourself? I think I think I'm successful. Um, I definitely want to be more successful. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm putting my destiny in my own hands. Uh, I have my own production company, and my and I'm making my own movies. And that's that's 
that's success in itself. And I'm getting films made every year um, and good movies that get seen and they're on Amazon and they're winning awards. So, yeah, if you look at it like that, I guess I am successful. But I'm very, very ambitious and I'm very, very hungry. So I'm, my goal is at the very, very tippity top. So I'm successful, but still a long way to go. Successful, but you don't want to get content. You don't want to ease up. You want to keep putting your foot on the gas. Got you. Got you. Okay. And then, um, so if you could give advice to your 18-year-old self, give a few pieces of advice that would you you would that you would give um, to the younger you. And honestly, this can be general as well. It doesn't necessarily just have to pertain to becoming an actress. Um, if you could just point them in the right direction, get them on the right path, uh, what advice would you give to the 18-year-old uh, self? First, I would say um, don't trust anyone. I've always been very trustworthy, and I've, uh, I've trusted some of the wrong people. Uh, and I've been bitten along the way. Uh, I've been burnt along the way. So... That's the number one for my 18-year-old 18, 18 self. Do not trust anyone. Of course, your family, your very close friends, but people that you know you think are your friends, who you've just met or whatever, they are not your friends and you cannot trust them. That would be my number one ultimate advice. Um, slow down as well. I was very much in a hurry. Um, patience, longevity, just have patience and believe in yourself, believe in yourself and because when I was 18, 19 I was in, on, in the States so um, right now I'm my priority really is my craft, back then I wasn't sure what it was, what I need to do, I was kind of like a headless chicken a little bit so acting, my craft, patience, don't trust anyone. <laughs> that would be my, my advice to myself. Yeah, that's interesting. So patience for sure. A lot of people get in a rush to do things, especially when you're young, you're kind of overly anxious about everything. So I could definitely agree with that one. Then um, when it comes to don't trust anyone, yeah, that's quite important. Um, I'm not sure if you read the book. Um, I think it was the 48 laws of power something by robert one of my favorite books of the my favorite book. <laughs> yeah. which 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 law um i'm not sure which law it is i actually haven't read the book i just watched a spark notes book summary of it <laughs> but uh it sounds interesting and yeah it's um that kind of ties into some of the things that he was saying in that book though um, yeah. not to necessarily trust everyone <laughs> Conscious, and they say it's a, keep your enemies closer. A very, very interesting book. Very, very, uh, yeah, you have to read it. It's really, really, really good. Say less. Oh, anyway, yeah, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Exactly. And yeah, it's when he was going through the rules, like some of it was a little bit um, dark or corrupt, but then you draw so many parallels. It's just so relatable. <laughs> to like so many different situations you'll find yourself in in life so I, i'm assuming yeah if you read that book you probably could draw so many parallels <laughs> throughout your career 
and they compare it back to history you know like this this isn't just a um, what he's he's comparing it to hundreds of years back you know it's incredible absolutely incredible yeah have a read <laughs> yeah definitely then other than that uh what other books do you think you'd recommend or refer to people um particularly people who want to follow a similar path that you took um they want to become an actress maybe they want to just get into the industry of show business um um oh 48 laws of power because you have to be to be a good actor you have to you have to be switched on you have to be smart you have to be quick you have to be you have to know what's going on in the world so i'd say watch the news as well know what the hell's going on. read the newspaper know what's going on every day in the zeitgeist what's going on especially if you're creating and writing and producing you need to know what's going on in the world 48 laws of power um acting books one of my favorite acting books is called truth by susan batson she's my acting coach in new york phenomenal she's nicole kidman's acting coach tom cruise she's amazing and her book is called truth and that's what it's all about and she again she draws parallels to uh, vivian lee and marlene brando in her book and how they how they work and her methods it's it's incredible so for acting i would read that book and and in life watch people observe people see what's going on in the world travel if you can just just get out there and do as much as you can that's what i would suggest have you ever done method acting where you actually try to portray your character in offset i guess <laughs> Not to the in non-professional environments. Yeah, not to the extent of some actors. You know, some actors live it, breathe it, and don't don't come out of character. Um, you know, for example, if I'm doing an accent, I would I would do that quite a lot. Um, or yeah, like I would do that out out of out of set, especially when I'm preparing for the role. And then when I'm when I'm in the role and I'm filming, then I feel comfortable. Then I would kind of drop it. But I do that inherently. I think when I when I am filming. And especially when I'm preparing for a role, I would um, just kind of have the character's persona and uh, energy. I'll just inherently carry that with me and always be thinking about her and um, what would she wear, what situation would she be in now, how would she feel like this. So, I don't, yeah, but, but I would call that method acting. Method is when you are full-blown in the character do not leave the character and but i haven't done that no i dabble but i haven't gone full i don't think it's necessary not for me anyway i was gonna say that's actually an interesting thing that i would like to talk about <clears throat> the accents so you did mention that you go back and forth from america to the uk a lot but you said you're originally from the uk so when you're picking up an american accent or something along the lines of that um do you feel like you need to immerse yourself in American culture or surround yourself by Americans to really pick up uh, their rhythm of speech? Because at least for me, uh, I found like the way that <clears throat> British people speak versus the way that um, Americans and Canadians speak, it's like night and day, especially when British people use slang terminology. Like I don't understand like half <laughs> thing, basically. <laughs> like It's just so foreign to me. Like, so. Yeah. Um, 
think because I lived there for so long, I, I, I um, and for me, I don't need to do that. For, for, for me, learning an accent is very phonetic. It's all very in the mouth. And, uh, you know, my the role I just did, um, I had to play a Eastern European. Um, and that was very, very phonetic. I didn't go to Eastern Europe or try and I just worked with my voice coach and just did the drills and did the lines with that. And that worked. But as an American, um, no, when I've played American before, I've just just learned it as phonetically with my voice coach. Maybe because, I, again, because I've lived there and I know the culture very well. But I don't think I picked up an accent at all. Like, you know, being there for quite a long time, I haven't, I haven't picked up an accent. Yeah, I guess I don't think so. No, I I guess yeah. You sound you have a bit of a British accent, but it's not extremely strong like some of the people in um, Northern England or like some of the people um, who speak a whole other dialect that's very um, I guess slang terminology. Yes, <laughs> uh, you you're well spoken, so it's easy to understand universally. I suppose, but yeah. But there are definitely people in England, I would say, that um, are more difficult to understand than the way that you're speaking right now. <laughs> it's true, especially if you're up north. That, that's a difficult, that's difficult to, to, and they speak very fast. It's very different. It's regional. It's like um, any country. It's very, very regional. London, southeast London, uh, yeah, even different parts of London. It's all very different. Yeah. So to wrap up, um, are there any new projects that you're working on right now that you can talk about, of course? <laughs> Always. <Okay. laughs> um, so, well, I have two movies coming out this year. Uh, Duchess, uh, which we are literally selling at the moment. Uh, that's a female gangster movie, um, which I'm super, super, super excited about. Uh, the, the film that I am most excited about, actually, so far in my career. Um, and so that will be coming out this year, but I don't have dates for that yet. And then uh, Compulsion, which I just finished filming, that is editing, being edited right now in post-production. That will be out sometime this year as well. So, And then I'm currently selling up. And I have a few scripts I'm reading at the moment. So, But right now to look out for Duchess and Compulsion. Okay, cool. And, and when I Googled your name, um, there's something floating around on the page about um, you being involved with James Bond, the James Bond series. Is that true? Or can you say, I guess? I don't want to get you in trouble, but okay. You can say, you can say no comment if you don't have to. You know. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Will be revealed. <laughs> okay. Got you. All right. And where can they find you on social media? Uh, finally yeah so my instagram is uh charlotte kirk official <clears throat> i'm on twitter as well but yeah mainly instagram and uh facebook okay sweet and we'll put that in the description below so you guys can go check her out there and stay tuned for the new projects and maybe james bond maybe maybe not so <laughs> we'll see all right and until next time guys